Hi, Tim. Hi, Ash. Welcome back to Breaking the Fourth Wall, where we engage in stimulating conversations about ways that we can promote positive change in musical theater. So, Tim. Yes. What puzzler do you have for us this week? All right. I've done a little research and I prepared a fantastic puzzler for you for this week. Great. You ready? I am ready. How many Tony-nominated Broadway musicals have adapted and incorporated ASL actors into a musical? Ooh, this is a good topic, Tim. Yeah, you like this one? I do. Okay. Well, let's circle back around at the very end of this episode, and we will discover that answer together. All right. Moving on, what's in the news? The Broadway-aimed musical Working Girl, which is based off of the 1988 film, is going to be adapted for Broadway with musical lyrics by none other than Cyndi Lauper. Yeah, so this is the second musical we're seeing uh, with music and lyrics by Cyndi Lauper, right? Uh, yes, I believe. First right one, after, Kinky Boots. Yes, right after then, Kinky Boots. Right, and another musical revolving around a eight an 80s movie. Yes, very popular, um, even <laughs> as we go through the news today. But every single week, I feel like it's another f- musical being based on a film. So... We um, will continue to see if we have any more today to talk about. Mm -hmm. So this is slated to have an out-of-town development production in the 21-22 season. So it's not coming to Broadway, you know, in the next year or maybe even two years. Um, Nothing has been announced, no dates, no venue, no anything. But it's also going to be um, directed by the Tony Award winner straight from here from um, San Diego, Diego, uh, Christopher Ashley, just joined the creative team. Who we know has directed many, many San Diego-based productions which have gone on to Broadway. transferred, yes. Uh, Most recently, I think, Escape from Margaritaville and uh, Come From Away. Correct. Also, this is uh, interesting. Uh, We know that Chicago, the musical on Broadway, has been running for quite a long time. Um, A dear friend of mine has been in the Broadway production for a very, very long time who I went to graduate school with. Mm -hmm. And so I loved hearing all of these stories from her about all the people that would come through. And they just announced that... One of the real housewives of Beverly Hills, Erica Jane, Ooh. is going to be playing the role of Roxy. So if you are a Beverly Housewives fan, perhaps you know her. So she's going to be coming to Broadway through a limited engagement um, mar- through March, uh, January 6th, 2020 to March 29th. I think one thing that has kept Chicago running as long as it has been running is the fact that it, it has been a vehicle for many stars on and off Broadway from many different backgrounds to come in and play either Roxy or Velma. Yes. We've seen country stars come Mm -hmm. in. We've seen film stars come in. We've seen pop radio stars come in. Sports players. Sports celebrities. Yeah. So I think it's kind of an interesting show in that regard where it allows room for people to keep coming in and replacing those leading roles. And in return, it brings people to that. It pe- brings people to that musical, and as a Broadway audience member, mm-hmm. to see that musical that perhaps might not have in the past or before because it's not really their cup of tea. So I think that's great. We're bringing other people to Broadway that perhaps might not have been there. We're seeing that quite often right now as well with the concert versions like Barry Manilow yes. and the other people that are that are artists that are going in for a, you know, um, a concert version on Broadway. So again, bringing people to Broadway that's uh, that wouldn't have done so before, which is wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Almost Famous the Musical just opened in San Diego at the Old Globe. The performances are running through October 27th. And they're, we looked at them. They're starting about $70 per ticket. Yeah, it's not cheap. It's not cheap. Um, but I, I just, I, I love that we're also supporting artists mm-hmm. and supporting new works. Again, we've talked about this musical, but Almost Famous, based on... Another 
2000. I think it came out in 2000. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very, very popular trend right now on Broadway. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we're moving away from the jukebox musical and moving into like the movie musical. I know that sounds really weird because the movie musical means something entirely different, but there's so many pop culture films that are being converted into musicals within the last like five years. And it's almost like they're merging the jukebox energy of a musical into these pop culture movies into one show. Mm -hmm. And you have many different shows, you know, some of them are doing really well, some of them have translated well, and some of them just kind of missed the mark in terms of their uh, adaptation. Like I think Beetlejuice has really done a great job of adapting. Yes, I don't know if Pretty Woman necessarily uh, captured the Julia Roberts uh, Richard Gere energy that the movie did so well. I but I think it's exciting. It's, you know, at least we're getting original music coming out of these shows. Very much. And I can't wait to see what um, Cindy Lauper even does with um, Working Girl. Yeah. So, yeah. They just announced that the wonderful world of Disney presenting The Little Mermaid Live, which is going to air November 5th on ABC. They just announced that um, joining the cast is John Stamos mm-hmm. playing the French cook. Who we all know from Full House. Yes. And and uh, he did uh, uh, Bye Bye Birdie on Broadway, The Revival. and He's many... also done Cabaret. I think yes. he played the MC on Cabaret yes. at Studio 54 mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. Uh, the joining that cast was previously announced um, members. Yes. Uh, so playing the role of Ariel, uh, who starred in the film cartoon animated series of Moana, we have Auli'i. Cruvalio, I think I got that right, Uh, as Ariel, which we're really excited to see. And then Queen Latifah as Ursula and Shaggy (laughs) as Sebastian, which should be really interesting. Wah, wah. And Graham Phillips, most known for his work on The Good Wife. And they're all going to be a part of this production. Exciting. Well, that's fun. Another live performance of a musical. And this is not to be confused with the live action movie that will be coming out later. This is uh, following in the tradition that we saw with Hairspray and Grease and more recently Jesus Christ Superstar. We're going to be watching like a live action stage uh, production that's going to be on ABC Film Live. These are always very controversial, I feel like, because many people love these productions and then many, many people don't. But what I do love about it is, again, it's bringing audiences that can't afford, that don't have the ability or the means to travel to see live Broadway productions or live productions wherever they are. It's bringing that to them. So I think it's worth it no matter no matter whether we feel like it's successful or not. The and audience is getting the information. I totally agree. And we can we can argue whether or not, you know, the sound of music was pulled off really well or uh, Peter Pan was uh, pulled off well. <laughs> but you know what? At least we're having a conversation about musical theater around mainstream audiences. We're not just focusing it on the people that go to Broadway, that can afford to go to Broadway. Right. It's ex- now accessible to people in their own television mm-hmm. uh, watching it at home. And I think that's really great because we're we're publicizing musical theater to larger audiences. And again, note, an aerial that is... A person of color. Yes. Absolutely. Also, there was a there is a free exhibit titled In the Company of Harold Prince, Broadway producer, director, and collaborator that is at the New York Public, Public Library and is going to be available on display through March 31st, 2020. So we're hoping to catch it when we're there early next year. Um, and it just opened September 18th. A couple of friends of mine I saw even posting um, on Instagram who just went or mm-hmm. posting pictures of the displays. So now, was it kind of like a Smithsonian tribute, museum tribute, uh, like physical objects and different writings and material around Harold Prince and his body of work? Yeah, I believe so. And it's it's supposed to be talking about the teams that he's worked with, like the designers, the stage managers, the 
press agents, composers, writers, that he, people that he've worked, he's worked with that he's influenced and that has influenced him. Which is pretty much all of Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, but there are some, I've seen some people post pictures, but we'll have to see ourselves and yeah. see what we think. Yeah, so. we'll definitely check that out when we're out there in the spring. Performances are underway for um, the new staging of the Tony Award winning musical Sunset Boulevard at North Shore Music Theater. Mm-hmm. And they're starring Alice Ripley as Norma Desmond. Yeah, that's exciting. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I have, we haven't heard much from Alice Ripley, aside from you know small little concerts she's been doing yeah, around absolutely. the country. But I think this is the first time we're really hearing a lot of buzz about her back in a major starring role for a musical. Which is exciting. And it, it is only running for a very short time, only for two weeks. Opens September 24th, and it's going to close October 6th. So if you're in that area, go to North Shore Music Theater and check it out. Then we have The Girl from North County, which is going to be coming to Broadway. We've talked about this mm-hmm. in the past. This is the Bob Dylan-based musical, correct? Mm-hmm. They just announced that the um, their off-Broadway cast, the majority of the cast, is coming back to Broadway. That's super exciting. They're, they're keeping most of the off-Broadway production cast intact for the Broadway production. So I have to imagine there's going to be a lot of first-time Broadway appearances. And we just talked about this, um, a similar um, uh, idea that happened with the Broadway production of a, a few other musicals bringing their cast off Broadway to Broadway. The Lightning Thief was another one. yeah, Which is I, in previews right now. And I think that's fantastic that the producers are honoring the hard work and energy that all of these performers have put in since the show's original conception and honoring them and saying, you know what, you've put the time in, you've put the energy in, let's honor you by bringing you to Broadway and letting this be your debut. And foregoing the let's find a name to bring mm-hmm. tickets in. So that's exciting. There is a production in Austin, Texas of Next to Normal that is about to open. And they have just announced that the Broadway alum, Sandra Mae Frank, is going to be starring as Natalie, who that, we've seen in a few other performances. That's right. And she's going to be teaming with the Ground Floor Theater and Deaf Austin Theater to uh, work with this theater company to produce this uh, ASL-based production of Next to Normal, which is really exciting. And for many of us that may not know who Sandra Mae Frank is, she um, starred as Venla in the revival of Spring Awakening. And she's also uh, recently in the past, I think in 2016, she played Hoddle in uh, Lyric Theater of Oklahoma. Yes. So that's where I'm actually from. That mm-hmm. was where I, uh, one of my first uh, professional performances that I was in the resident ensemble company of right after undergraduate, which was way long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, she- but Lyric Theater of Oklahoma in 2016, they did a production of Fiddler on the Roof roof that starred her and another deaf actor Mm -hmm. as those two characters and then they brought her back and she also played in fun home Uh, joan she played joan Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. about last year and it got me thinking about you know how how much uh, advancements have been made uh with asl being incorporated into Broadway productions, and not only just on Broadway, but regionally and abroad. I know here in, in Southern California, we have one of the preeminent production companies uh, known as Deaf West Theater, who is responsible for bringing Spring Awakening and more previously uh, Big River to Broadway. And it really caught the Broadway the Broadway movement by storm. And I think it's a really exciting thing that's being brought, a conversation that's being brought to the Broadway stage about how we incorporate ASL actors into uh, the Broadway experience. And there are oftentimes that I even, when this is discussed quite often, this was part of even our musical theater educators conference that we had this past year. This came up as well um, 
working with actors that have different challenges mm-hmm. and how we can make it not about their challenge or their disability, but how we can just incorporate them as actors and make the performing side of it accessible to everyone. That's correct. I think it's really important to take that to take that leap and take that cre- have that creative imagination as a director to say, you know, well, let's let's explore a different angle. Let's look at a production from a different angle. And you know, I had never thought of Spring Awakening uh, being incorporating uh, deaf actors into a production until I heard Michael Arden's justification for why, because the he he keeps talking about how that production was about communication and the lack their lack of between you know the parental figures. And and the children, I think there is that window of opportunity that he found to incorporate the use of deaf actors. And I think there are many shows where we can utilize uh, ASL as an important tool in communicating or or elaborating a story and adding more eloquence to its storytelling. I think it's really interesting that Sandra May Frank uh, played Joan. And I think there's, again, a unique window of opportunity to further enhance the relationship between medium Allison and Joan in Fun Home. Absolutely. There's also a question. I'm going to pose this question to you, Tim, Mm -hmm. because we always have some question about how we can advocate for positive change. How can we advocate for change to incorporate? I don't even want to use the incorporate. How can we advocate for change? to facilitate actors from all different backgrounds, mm-hmm. specifically back actors from backgrounds that are that are deaf or have hearing impairments, how can we advocate for change so that they are able to perform and feel comfortable on stage in musicals without their disability or their challenge being an issue? This is a fantastic question. And I think the last year has opened up an entirely new conversation about how we approach actors with either hearing impairment, visual impairment, or accessibility challenges. And I think someone that's really challenged, uh, championed that cause is Ali Stoker, who most recently won the Tony Award for Best uh, Supporting Actress in a Musical in the role of Ada Annie in Oklahoma. And I think her her Tony Award speech summed it up so well, where she mm-hmm. says, said, you know, this is, it's time to start uh, giving us the opportunities that we have been waiting for for so long uh, and not marginalizing that community. Absolutely. And in not being, it's just a part of their culture and who they are. It doesn't define them as a performer. Mm-hmm. How can we facilitate specifically people from the community that have a hearing impairment or that are deaf? How can we facilitate them performing on stage to be equivalent to those of us that are not hearing impaired? That's my question. I know personally, uh, something that I've always kind of rambled around in the back of my imagination wanting to create was a production that incorporated ASL into a production, into a musical. And I think there are musicals out there that specifically have um, a message that can help, that where ASL can help forward that, uh, that plot and that storytelling along. One perfect example that I've been really curious to explore is The Hunchback of Notre Dame, mm-hmm. Disney's. Actually, uh, there's a production, McCoy Rigby, La Mirada, produced it, I think, a year or two ago, and they utilized uh, a deaf actor to portray Quasimodo. And everyone that had seen that production said it just added a whole new layer of eloquence to the production. You know, given the fact that, you know, Quasi is somebody with a disability, allowing an actor to come from uh, a, a community that has a hearing impairment, I think one creates a space for them to uh, to explore that ability. I, want, I didn't even call it a disability. I want to call it the ability yeah. to bring a unique perspective to musical theater. But also it... It, uh, it, it illuminated 
new uh, new perspective about the role of Quasimodo new and how, character traits yeah, and, and new, how everyone sees yeah. that character. So I've been curious. Uh, I think when I do produce that production and direct that production, I want to explore bringing in a deaf actor to play that role because I think one, it creates an amazing opportunity for someone from that community, mm-hmm. but also I think it illuminates and p- empowers the actor to help facilitate the message of the story more eloquently. Absolutely. I think something that I've really been thinking about a lot lately, I'm actually working with a few of my students mm-hmm. that are hearing impaired and and one that's deaf. And I feel like I have started to create techniques and abilities that allow them to learn their music in class, mm-hmm. allow them to um, facilitate what they need so that they're on the same level as everybody else. They do not feel left behind. They do not feel that they are taking up more time. They they are just given the tools. That's and I right. think that's what we need to really discover, not only as educators, but as, as directors and choreographers. How can we teach a, a an, an actor that has, you know, that is either hearing impaired or deaf, how can we teach them the steps and make it safe for them and find a place for them where they don't feel like that their their hearing is going to affect them being equivalent to be on the same level? And I think that's really where I'm going is how can we be inclusive mm-hmm. and not use their their abilities or their challenges as a device? How can we use it as we want you to be on the same level? We want you to have the same opportunities mm-hmm. that every other actor has. And I and I think when you start to incorporate, like you're saying, when we start to make it more of a normal scene element on stage where we start to see um, deaf actors and how we can interpret their their characters differently, how we can incorporate that into their character, but also how we can just say we're going to use this um, – we're going to have an interpreter on the side where people that are not only on stage but off stage can be a part of that conversation. And I think the more we see that, the more that it becomes the, the quote, norm, the more we're going to be inclusive and supportive of all people. And I think that's the important thing is we have to make sure we are normalizing past stigmas about performers from different backgrounds, whether yes. it be of color, whether it be with certain uh, physical challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh normalizing the idea that we can create theater that is inclusive to all different kinds of people. We're advocating for change. Yes. When the time, when it's, when it's, when you're able to do that and when you find the right actors and when it's able to still be true to the playwright, but Mm -hmm. incorporating that more so where it's becoming the norm. Again, the same thing that we always talk about advocating for change. So we see people represented on stage that is representing the audience. And I want to pose one more question to you because this kind of brings it back to the collegiate environment. Mm -hmm. How do we as educators, and this is for everyone out there that teaches at a BFA program or any kind of musical Mm -hmm. theater program, how do we become more inclusive of the hearing impaired community? And how do we incorporate, how do we find ways to incorporate ASL into our vocabulary at a curriculum level? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. it's, it's actually, I think it's easier than most people believe. I think a lot of t- a lot of professors look at it, and not maliciously, but they look at it as, well, it's going to take more time. It's going to take more effort. It's going to take me having to get a um, you know an interpreter or having that student have someone. I, I, I understand that it does take more time, but that is our job, mm-hmm. especially in a community that is supposed to be inclusive, <laughs> right? And we always say that, even Rachel Chapkin, we're in a community that is supposed to be inclusive, yet it is not. Mm-hmm. And so we have to take those steps steps. And so when I'm working with students that have those challenges or have those abilities, I have to just 
ask myself, okay, how can I find ways that is going to make what I'm doing in class work for them? Yeah. How can I um, tweak this assignment for them so they still get to learn, but because they um, are in a wheelchair, instead of them having to step, step, touch, how can I make it for them work? How can you make the wheelchair part of their choreography? How yes. How can you make how their, their physical abilities part of the vocabulary of the rest of everyone else's work? Absolutely. Like that, they did in Spring Awakening. Exactly. And, and I think that could be an important teaching tool in the classroom if a deaf actor comes into your musical theater class how could you create one a larger sense of empathy but Mm -hmm. two create exercises to help facilitate the trends that are occurring on broadway yes for the deaf community uh, on stage and by having these conversations and specifically talking to those in that community it's starting to make it again more normal That's right. And that's what it is about. It's about normalizing stigmas so that we are creating greater representation, inclusion, and diversity in all walks of life Mm -hmm. on the Broadway stage. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. Let's let's go back to our puzzler answer, which I'm assuming is going to wrap up our topic. (laughs) All right. So my puzzler for you this week is how many Tony-nominated Broadway musicals have adapted and incorporated ASL actors in a Broadway musical? Well, we've talked about one, so definitely Spring Awakening, that's right? That's right. Yeah, that's our first one. Which was in 2015. Mm-hmm. And then going back a little bit further, not too far, not too distant, uh, Deaf West, the same company that produced Spring Awakening Revival, also produced a revival of Big River in 2003. Right. Uh, and those are the two primary Broadway musicals that have been nominated for a Tony Award that incorporate and adapt ASL actors into a musical. I can't, I'm racking my brain to think if there are any musicals that have actually even featured deaf actors before on stage. And if anyone out there listening knows any, please, we love, we love getting your messages and emails from, from information that you find because we are all in this together. So Mm -hmm. if you know any others, please let us know. We want to leave you today with a little clip of DJ Kurz, who is the Deaf West Artistic Director, speaking about the reinterpretation of Spring Awakening when they were transferring to Broadway. And he is signing in this audio clip, but what you are hearing is his interpreter. All right. Have a wonderful week. Well, there is, there is a difference. Yes, of course. Um, I think in sign language... We tend to be wearing our emotions on our sleeves, so to speak. We're more direct, we're more honest, compared to what I would think spoken language people do, which can be, they can have a subtext or have something implied, and sometimes I think deaf humor and hearing humor can be different and based on those things. Uh, On stage in our show, we try to find that sweet spot, you know, which works for everybody, and we hit both at the same time. 